0: guys welcome to the fellowship greenville students podcast this week dallas greenaway started our new middle school series called choose your own adventure where we will be talking about four spiritual disciplines of living the christian life dallas talked about spending time with god this week and how knowing god is an adventure not a formula and also how life with jesus brings rest we looked at matthew 11 verses 25 through 30 where jesus says come to me and i will give you rest Dallas challenged us to look at our lives and if we are walking alongside Jesus, maybe meaning resting in Him by sitting in silence, solitude, and stillness. We hope you enjoyed this message. It is a new month, uh, and with a new month, you can pretty much always count on a new series, all right? And this series is indeed called Choose Your Own Adventure. Have you guys watched any of the Netflix shows where, like, at the end of each episode or whatever, you kind of get to choose, like, which episode you jump to? Have you seen that? Or maybe in the middle of it, you get to choose, like, which scene it goes to? Nobody's watched any of those? Huh? That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are children's shows? No, there's actually some that are not for kids. So maybe it's a good thing they haven't seen some of those. Uh, but it used to be that there they they were books, right? I had a couple books growing up where you would choose at the end of a chapter or sometimes midway through the chapter, like what the next page is that you go to. So you don't just turn one page over for these, but you might have to flip like 10 pages over. They're kind of fun, uh, but that doesn't really honestly have much to do with this series. Um, but the title, Choose Your Own Adventure, does have to do with your life in some ways, right? And the idea here for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines, <clears throat> excuse me, spiritual disciplines, or really um, what it, what some different ways that it looks like to live out the Christian life, right? Or the, the spiritual life with Jesus. And the, the choose your own adventure part comes in, in that every day you and I, I mean, we have choices and we kind of have one big choice maybe over all the others, especially for those of you who are are Christians. You you have a choice to kind of either go and do your own thing, like go and just you get to choose how the day goes, or you choose to kind of let the Lord be the one who directs your path and, and and him be the one that you follow after, so it's a it's a choose your own adventure, and that you have a choice every day to step into the things that we 're going to be talking about over the next few weeks or or to not and i I have that same choice, so sometimes we choose correctly uh, more often than not, at least in my life, I know that I choose incorrectly, but we're going to talk about that together, and as we're talking about the spiritual life and life with Christ, as I was studying it this week, um, there was one quote that stuck out to me as far as the reason that maybe we don't choose to live in the life that, that God has laid out for us or, or follow in the footsteps of Jesus is one that I think is kind of overarching, especially in today's world, and it's one that a fellow Dallas— has pointed out for us from years past. There's this guy, he's a theologian, philosopher, at least he was while he was alive. He died in 2013, so just a few years ago. And uh, his name is Dallas Willard, which uh, anytime somebody's named Dallas, you know he's kind of smart, right? Uh, Right, right, guys? (laughs) No, uh, not exactly. But this guy was really smart, and he pointed out something that I think is really sharp. And here's what he says about the spiritual life, which he's talking about, the Christian life, and what the biggest obstacle or He says, enemy is for us. Here's what he says. Dallas Willard says, hurry, where the busyness of life, the hurriedness of life, is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Hurry. So he's literally saying, hey, the biggest obstacle, he calls it your biggest enemy and my biggest enemy, when it comes to actually living the life that God has called us to is is hurry. So what what do we do with that, Mr. Dallas? Since, man, what a great name. You're so smart. Uh, you must ruthlessly, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, right? And he's actually saying this. This is actually a quote from a conversation with another theologian guy. And, and the, the first theologian guy, his name is John Ortberg. He asked Dallas, he said, hey, what, like, why, why is it so hard for us to live the life that Christ has called us to? And that was his response. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day, you must ruthlessly, try, try putting ruthlessly in your vocabulary a little more, right? That's a pretty powerful word. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. So maybe you're sitting there, you're like, uh, I mean, I feel fine. Like, I don't feel hurried, right? Like, I'm sitting here, I'm listening, I can pay attention, and here's, here's the thing. Uh, you're starting to feel it whether you realize it or not, and maybe your day is far more hurried uh, than you then you know, than you're able to see right now. I mean, one simple way that I think most of you are experiencing this is you're getting older, right? And as you get older, inevitably, more and more things are put on your plate, more responsibility is given to you, more is expected of you, right? And maybe you're feeling this in school, like maybe you're in sixth grade right now, but you're already like, man, I miss the days of elementary school, right? Like, you have way more homework right now than you may have ever had in elementary school. Like, all of your elementary school years combined, maybe you're feeling the, the weight there in school. Or maybe you're an eighth grader and you're approaching ninth grade and you're already kind of looking over the hill. And you can see, like, there's a lot more work ahead of you, right? And you're dreading that. Uh, so maybe it's in school that you're feeling this weight, this responsibility, this, man, I've got more going on than ever before. Or maybe it's at home, right? Like your parents are already preparing you and they're like, hey, you have reached the height of being able to steer a lawnmower, okay? So that means that when it comes time for the grass to be growing, you are going to be the one steering the lawnmower, right? Like maybe your parents have said that to you. Or maybe that's not the chore that they've given you, but you've got other chores that you didn't used to have and now you do because that's a part of getting older and becoming more responsible. And and living in your home, okay rent rent free it's a pretty good deal, just do the chores, and you' like everybody will be happy, right or maybe maybe you're feeling it like on your sports teams, where maybe the reason you're not here every Sunday and that we miss you every other Sunday is because your sports teams like you're traveling more and you've got you know more tournaments, or maybe you're on multiple teams, or maybe for the first time this year you played that one sport all year long, right and it just seems never ending <clears throat> um, I was Driving yesterday, I had to get go out and run a few errands, and as I'm driving, like uh, right after I pulled out of my neighborhood, I see this this kid and he's walking a dog. Or, but really, the dog was like walking him. Right? I don't know if you've ever been there, but the dog's like dragging him. And I and I'm like, man, that like that dog's not that big to be pulling that kid. And uh, I get closer, and the kids like got this thing in his hands, right? And while he's walking the dog, he's in the middle of what has made many of our lives very hurried, like watching some video on his phone or playing some game, right? And not that any of these things are bad. Like, it's its good to take on more responsibility. It's good for your parents to entrust you with more. And, you know, technology can be good, too. But here's the deal. That kid, he couldn't just walk his dog for 15 minutes, Without the whole time, like kind of putting his life in danger, right? Like not only is Fido like gonna take him off into the bushes somewhere and leave him for dead, right? But a car could hit this kid. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but he 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 can't put down his phone just to walk his dog. And many of us in in this hurried life that we live, like you you can relate, and maybe you can walk your dog just fine, right? But it's hard for you to to turn off technology. Like you've always got to have something happening in the background, whether it's like a video playing or a song playing or something. I asked this at first service and I felt really lonely when I did it, but does anybody in here have a speaker in your bathroom like to play music or something from Oh, thank goodness, a few more of you, okay? So here's here's a look into my life. Like, I struggle with this too, this hurried, like, I mean, this is the culture that we live in. I have, maybe this is too much information. I have a Bluetooth speaker in my shower, right? So that I can listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower, if I so choose, right? And that's something that I struggle with. Like, I, there's this constant need to like have something playing. And rarely do we get silence. Rarely do we get solitude or or being alone. Rarely are we... Are we still, right? In fact, in the moments that you've found silence or solitude or stillness, here's probably one of the first things that came to your mind. I'm bored. This is boring, right? We live in such a, a hurried culture that it feels wrong to not have something going on because you're not saying, man, I'm so bored and I just love this, right? Like you're saying it, this is boring and you're saying it in a, a negative way. But here, like, let's go back to this quote, right? Hurry is the great enemy of our spiritual life. If we are going to live like Christ, then we have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. And yet, it's it's all around us. It's the culture that we live in. It's the... The, the product that we're being sold at all times. It's, it's actually what we're being told that we need to do in order to live a satisfied life. like If you want to do what you want to do, and you can, right? You can do anything you want to do. You can be anybody that you want to be, but you have to work hard. You have to put all this work in, or you have to put all this money in, or you have to put in all this time if you ever want to achieve the American dream. Spoiler alert, though, most of the people who do that, like, you, you, got, you guys have access to see into the lives of so many people, and you can find countless videos of people on YouTube who have made it by the time they're 25, and they're already multi-millionaires, and yet they're wildly unhappy, depressed, even suicidal. The hurried life is not the good life. It's not a full life. It's not the life that Christ has called us to. So how do we ruthlessly eliminate it? Well, Jesus gives us plenty of insight all throughout the scriptures. And one of the places that he does that is in Matthew chapter 11. If you want to turn there in your Bibles or your screen Bibles. Okay, I'm not anti-technology. I love my phone. Um, Well, I, I love things about it. Okay, that sounds weird. I love my wife and my kids. I like my phone. Uh, But turn to Matthew chapter 11. It's also going to pop up on the screens. And the last few verses are probably a few that you are very familiar with, but maybe you have never thought about it like the way we're going to discuss it uh, in just a second, right? So let's read the ones that maybe you are a little less familiar with. Talk about them for a sec, and then get to the ones that we know. All right, verse 25 says, at that time, Jesus declared, so he's the one talking here, Reveal him. All right. So kind of summary of what's happening here. Jesus is actually contrasting the life offered by the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time when Jesus was walking physically here on earth. Right. So they were actually offering a different kind of hurried life, if you will. Right. The scribes and the Pharisees, they thought, which Jesus actually says, hey, they're, they're actually not the people who truly know God. God's actually chosen to reveal who he is to, to other people. But this group of people, the religious leaders, they think they know God. They think they know what life's about. But here's what they've done is made it a very hurried, busy life, a weighty life, if you will. See, the religious leaders, like, they may not have had iPhones and all the things that we have right now, but they made it to where if you were a Jew, if you were somebody who was going to follow God, there were literally hundreds and hundreds of commandments that you and I would have been supposed to follow at the time. And so all through your life, like, how you worked and, and what you ate and and what you looked like, you were always thinking and trying to make sure that you lined up with all of these commandments and that you follow them to a T, because if you didn't, then God was not going to be... Pleased with you. And, you know, our lives are definitely super hurried right now. We're super busy. We've got a lot on our minds at all times. But these people, like, they they were always afraid that God wasn't pleased with them because they were not closely following his commandments. The The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, were offering a very busy life to people and telling them, that, in fact, that that's the life that God had called them to. Right? And Jesus maybe understands things a little bit differently. So this word that he has was very much for the people at the time who felt hurried by the religious leaders, but it's also a word that is for us. And we also feel hurried by our culture, maybe not religiously, maybe you can make an argument that it is religiously, but we feel this hurry, this pace of life, this busyness in a different way. And so what does Jesus say? Like, how do we we get out of this pace? How do we get out of this life? Here's what Jesus says. Verse 28, these are the verses you're familiar with. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I, Jesus, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In a second, we're going to see a picture of a yoke, and it's not a yoke like an egg, right? Isn't that how you spell it? Uh, but it's very different. A choke? Is that what? <laughs> No, you'll see it in just a second. But here's Jesus is offering a way out of this life. And here's what it says. Come to me if you feel the weight of this world. Come to me if you feel overwhelmed. Come to me if you feel hurried. And what am I offering you? Rest. But not just physical rest. Not just emotional Rest not just mental rest. Jesus says, rest for your souls. And maybe you didn't even realize that that's what you need. But plenty of us have felt the the hurriedness of life, the busyness of life, and then you went to sleep and you slept for 14 hours straight and you thought that that would make everything better and then you get up and realize like, nope, everything's still the same. Like, in fact, I might feel more tired now than when I went to sleep to begin with. Maybe you've been there. Jesus is offering you rest that maybe you didn't realize you need, but that each and every one of us in this room needs rest for our souls. How do we access that? How do we get that? Here's what he says. Come to me and get alongside me. Put this yoke on you. What, is it? what does this look like? Here's a picture of what a yoke looks like in one situation. It's with these cows. It's kind of funny. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like this cow is like, hey man. And then this one's like, hey dude, get, get your tail working, right? Like, uh, I don't know why I think they're looking at each other like that, but this is, the thing that they have on their necks is a yoke, and it was it maybe made out of wood, right, but it was something that connected cows or ox, and, and tied them essentially together, right? It almost looks like handcuffs for your neck, which is a little weird to think about. But so why, why, would they, why would they do this? Why do they use this? Well, it would tie the cows together, right? And it's really hard for one cow at this point to go faster or one cow to go slower than the other. It helped them keep the same pace, For what purpose? Well, typically this was so that they could plow the fields or just like work the fields in some way, shape, or form. It was two cows are better than one. The strength of two cows is better than one. And it would help them go at the same pace, preferably in a straight line, if they were tied together uh, with this yoke, right? And so here's what Jesus is asking you and me. Hey, I'm one of these guys. So keep that picture up there. I'm one of these guys. You... Come, get in this yoke with me. Put this thing on with me. Why is he, like, why, Jesus? Like, that looks really uncomfortable, right? Well, he's not actually asking you to put that on with him, right? That's a metaphor. But again, the the cows, it was really hard for one cow to go faster or slower than the other. They had to keep the same pace. Here's what Jesus is asking of you and me, and it's big. Come, get alongside me. Walk, walk through this life with me and walk at my pace. That's where rest for your soul is found. Why is that such a big deal? Well, of course, I've read this a million times. Here's what we do in our culture. It's hurried, it's busy. And instead of letting Jesus set the pace for us, we try to set the pace for him. So we get all these things going in our life. We get all these uh, balls up in the air, and we're trying to juggle everything, trying to spin plates. We, we get our hurried life going, and it's only going to get more intense as you get older. And then we say, "Hey Jesus, come, come help me with this thing." Hey, Jesus, I know like maybe I've taken on too much, like maybe, maybe like I'm the reason that I'm overwhelmed with life, but hey, how about you come in and help me? We try to set our own pace and then we invite Jesus into that. That's the exact opposite of what he's asking of us. Jesus is saying, let me be the one who sets the pace and you walk alongside me at that same pace. I was in the store the other day with, uh, well, just yesterday, one of the places I went was to Lowe's Food. Shout out. I think it's the greatest grocery store on the planet, right? Big fan. love seeing that chicken, like, up on his little thing, right? It's great. Uh, it's, it is. It's the, gro- it's the grocery store, like, the Disney of grocery stores, right? I think they somehow actually helped create it, too. But I'm walking my two-year-old son, Owen, and you want to talk about setting the pace? Like, if you've ever walked around a store with a two-year-old and, like, try to hold their hand the whole time, um, we, we were in there to get three items, coffee, creamer for the coffee, and some sort of, like, uh, bread treat thing right a danish and should take like five minutes okay if you know where you're going we're in that store for 25 minutes okay because here's the thing like if you're holding a hand with a two-year-old the only way you're going to get out of that store in five minutes is like if you set the pace and you're dragging them around right or like here i'm just gonna hold you up in the air and like we're gonna do this and i'm gonna control but letting him set the pace right or really just holding his hand in general if you're a good father uh he, like there's going to be times where he's going way faster and you kind of got to keep, keep up and he's like trying to go look at everything, like get into all the cereal or whatever. And there's going to be times where he's like, right, like this, these are literally his steps because he's looking around. Monkeys, right? You saw like these Valentine's Day monkeys. But, but Owen was setting the pace for me. It would have been wrong for me to drag him around the store. And I think that in some way, shape or form, that's kind of the picture that Jesus is offering us is that he's the one who sets the pace and his pace is whether we want to admit it or not a lot slower than ours and maybe you're saying but like but but if that's the case then how am I going to keep up Because part of being hurried, part of the reason we get hurried is because we want to keep up. Like, we don't want to miss out on a show. We don't want to miss out on the newest songs. Like, we don't want to miss out on whatever it is. We don't want to miss out. And we've got all this schoolwork that's being handed to us. So don't we have to do that? Well, yeah, there's some, like, be responsible with what you're supposed to be responsible with, right? But if you're worried about keeping up with the rest of the culture, let me kind of push in on that. Maybe you're not supposed to keep up. Maybe I'm not supposed to keep up. This is an an interesting thought and maybe something we don't talk about enough in the church, but your life and my life, if we are Christians, is supposed to look different from everyone who is not. Jesus calls us into a very different life, a very different pace of life. And if you walk with him, In this life, then your life, saying life a lot, will look different. And the pace of your life will look different. So I'm going to give you three ways that I actually think, and and maybe these ways kind of coordinate a little bit more with your personality, right? Some of these might stick out to you, but okay, so if, if Jesus is calling me to walk in step with him, what are some like practical things? How does that look? If it looks a lot slower than the life that we are currently living, here's three suggestions, maybe three things for you to try or to think through in your own life, right? That I think we clearly see. We see Jesus implement these things in his own life. There's times where he gets away just him to be with the Father. Uh, he, he's still, he's silent, like all these things. So the first thing is silence, right? Maybe you're like me. And you've always got to have something playing in the background. You've always got to have some noise. You've always got to have some sound. Because when things get silent, like things get a little freaky, right? Now I can hear my own thoughts. Now I can actually think, right? Like, and, and, But for real, maybe you actually don't say it, but somewhere in your mind you think it. But anytime there is silence, a lot of us in here are like, something's wrong. I'm bored. I need to turn something on. But I think if we're really going to hear from God and follow in Jesus' footsteps, we need to practice being silent. Solitude. Number two, just being alone. Some of you, the last place you want to be is just by yourself, right? You've got to have somebody around you or you've got to have something playing so that it feels like you have somebody around you, somebody with you. And I'm telling you, like, part of the Christian life is... Making space for you to just be alone, just you, yourself, and the Lord. Jesus did it over and over again. He models it. What does that look like maybe in your life? And this last one is stillness. I think if my wife was here, she would tell you this is the one that she struggles with the most, right? She always wants to be doing something, always wants to be like serving somebody. A lot of, you know, a lot of these things are not necessarily bad, but if we never take time to practice this, For you, if it's stillness that you need, you can realize this by like you've always, you always feel like you have to be doing something and you you, rarely can you just sit and not, right? But I think the pace of life that Jesus is calling us to requires us at times to sit and be still and be alone with the Father. So I don't know which three of these hits you uh, based on your personality or your uh, current place in life right now. But I think this is just a small look at what it looks like to walk more at the pace of Jesus. And here's how I'm going to close. I'm going to leave you just with this question, right? Pretty simple. It's basically what we've been talking about the entire time. But the question is, what does it look like in your life to walk alongside Jesus, get in, in that yoke, walk along, right alongside Jesus instead of trying to get him to keep up with your pace. Here's what I would bet. Your life and my life would look a lot different. Our pace would change pretty drastically for a lot of us. Some of us, we would speed up. Some of us, we would slow down in order to keep pace with King Jesus. My prayer is that for all of us, like, I don't think this is like, oh, wow, I heard that message. We talked about it in a small group. Uh, now now I'm good. Now I'm keeping pace with Jesus. I think this is a lifelong process, as is the rest of the Christian life, to learn how to keep up with our Savior. But my prayer is that we would be a part of this middle school youth group, be a part of learning what that looks like together. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you have called us, invited us into a life where we can find real rest. God there's nothing else on this earth that that offers us true rest there's uh, there's fake versions of that there's wannabe versions of that that come up empty but yours your life, your your kingdom, your pace is is the only one that is truly offering rest and abundant life for us. So help us to understand what it looks like to keep pace with you and to find rest with you and to find life with you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.